Welcome back to the T Draft the Film Buff Podcast. This is episode fifty uh, of the podcast. It has been, I think, over a month now since the last time we have discussed anything related to movies, television, music, sports. Honestly, just been not a ton to talk about. And even the stuff that is, you know, worth talking about is not positive stuff. Um, it's just tough. It's 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 tough. I I gotta say, but it's been it's been too long because there's been too many things that have either released, I've watched, or that have gotten significant news release dates moved potentially. I just felt it, it's it's time. It, it's time. It's been way way too long. Um, so you know we're gonna give it a shot today. I don't know how much. It's going to be positive news. We're going to try to keep it as positive as possible. And since this is the 50th episode of the podcast, I was thinking about doing, you know, a top 50 favorite movies. I know that's something I did mention. I'm like, you know, let's, let's, let's save that for a more fun episode. And not that this won't be fun at all, but uh, I, I, there was too much going on music-wise that came out recently. Some casting news we may have here. Uh, MLB today. I mean, what's what's happening there? I'm like, let's push the top 50. Let's just go through a list of topics like we usually do. And then at the very end, we're going to discuss everything I've been watching recently. Movies and television. Potentially some music in there too. Well, let's get the negative out of the way. Um, the MLB, and honestly, we'll just cover the White Sox as well. This first couple minutes here. My reaction to the first couple of games that the Sox have played is relatively positive, actually. Because going into this year, when spring training was beginning, I was pretty confident that they were going to have a winning record. I was thinking 83-84 wins. I didn't really think there was an actual chance of them making the playoffs this year. I kind of knew that was a long shot. But as the spring, you know, disappeared with COVID-19, pushing back the MLB season, when they finally agreed to things, then I'm watching the intra-squad games over the last couple of weeks, and I'm like, they're looking pretty good. That offense is stacked. Yeah, okay, Michael Kopech isn't playing, but we do have enough starters, right? Giolito's a scion candidate. Uh, Lopez can't be nearly as bad as he was last year, right? Anything better than he was last year will be a positive. Dylan Cease has looked phenomenal in the intra-squad games. He can only get better. Uh, Dallas Keuchel, former Cy Young winner, is in that rotation. Rodon came back from Tommy John last year. Like, this is this is going to be, this is going to be great. Like, we're going to be, we're going to be in good shape here. And of course, Luis Robert makes the team. He's hitting a bunch of homers in, in the intra squad games as well. I'm like, this is gonna be this is gonna be the season. And the MLB announces the sixteen teams will be making the playoffs this year instead of their usual um what would be total twelve technically, I believe. Uh no, eight. Wait, ten? Ten. Because you have the two wild card teams and yeah, it's ten. Because you have six total division winners and four wild card teams, uh two from each league. So they're adding six playoff teams this year. And I'm like, that significantly increases the chances of them making the playoffs, especially if you know the top two division leaders automatically make it in each division. 
which means the Twins are going to make the playoffs. That's guaranteed. So i almost positive the Sox are a much better team than the Tigers and Royals. So really, we only have to be better than the Indians. And there's a chance we can be better. And even if we're not better, we just have to be the next best American League team. More than half the teams make the playoffs. Um, so then the first game happens. Giolito completely craps the bed. Um, what does he make it? Four innings? Does he even make it through four? I can't remember now. Bullpen didn't look great. Um, the hitting was there at times, but once again, just like they were in the exhibition games, it's there in bunches. It's not there two innings or two runs here this inning, three runs this inning, then a seven spot, then another run, then a solo home run in that inning. It's like we get four or five runs in one inning, and then the rest of the game there's not much there. And that is the one major concern I'm, I'm still having after an opening weekend, even though they did score 10 runs in that second game. And they did hit you know, a two-run homer yesterday from Luis Robert. There are major positives. Um, and, and certainly when all the Lopez going on the 10-day you know, injured list, Nomar Mazzara out with COVID, Gio Gonzalez looked atrocious yesterday. Um, Steve Ciszek even struck, struggled a little bit as well. Um, we haven't even seen Alex Colome yet this year. So there, there's certainly some question marks as well. But I think that offense is going to be there. Um, Mankata certainly seems like an MVP-type candidate. Tim Anderson has certainly not played well. Um, but I, th- I think the hitting will be there for him. It's just a matter of I don't know that he's going to be the leadoff hitter. I, I, I don't think he'll be the leadoff hitter of the future. I think it'll be Luis Robert, to be honest. I really do. I think he's he's the guy... Yohan Mankata's second, and you could fluctuate the three through five hitters, you know, however you want to frame it. Most likely, Abreu will be there for most of the time this year at three. Grandal and Encarnacion will switch off four or five with Eloy Jimenez, you know, fluctuating in there as well when he's not, you know, fingers crossed, injured, uh, like he ran into the wall yesterday and looks like he may have, hopefully not, but may have some concussion symptoms. So... You know, positives, negatives, that's kind of what you expect out of the season. But I don't think this team's going to be as bad as in years, the last couple years past at least. Uh, I certainly think there's a good chance they will have a winning record this year. At least a 32-win season. Like 32-28, and 28, that is doable. That is doable. You have a very winnable August schedule. Very favorable in terms of a home field advantage. Not that there is much without fans. Um but I, I think that that's certainly some certainly a month right in there, a stretch of games. Like after they get home, like what is it, August 7th, August 8th, they get home from a little bit of a road trip, uh, as well as a couple of games in Milwaukee and a couple of home games against the Cubs. Uh, it's, just, it's all right there waiting for them. Uh, it's just a matter of they can put themselves in a position where come September they won't have to be winning eight or nine out of ten games to make the playoffs so we'll certainly see about that that's really my initial reaction of course with the marlin situation now i mean who knows what's even going to happen over the next uh you know week or so if the marlins can't field the team the mlb cannot continue to play if one team cannot play that's just not going to happen you know however unfortunate it is if one team ruins it for everybody that's just the case i mean it 
if they can't, you know, get a hold of the testing and, and keep everything under control, especially with how bad the state of Florida is and the state of Arizona and the state of California, uh, and that is, and, and even te- throw in Texas, that's half of your league are in states that are not under control at all. So I don't know. I, I mean, there's just, I, I honestly, I have no idea how they're going to, you know, restructure everything, if they're going to be able to make up some of these games, if some teams won't be able to have a full 60-game season. You know, I I don't know. Um, Anyway, let's move on. The Game of Thrones prequel, House of the Dragon, is currently casting, according to Entertainment Weekly. Uh, At least they ran with the story. I think this came, I want to say this came from the Watchers of the Wall uh, website as well. I was listening to Ken Knapsack's Casterly Talk podcast and that was one of the things uh that they were referencing uh so apparently it is kind of underway uh i don't think there's any casting news yet but there are there aren't any breakdowns either but there's you know speculation of course on here about the main characters that are related to fire and blood book uh and according to entertainment weekly at least uh the the story is going to cover the, the targaryen civil war uh, potential cast members are King Viserys the first, Princess Rhaenyra Targaryen, Queen Alicent Hightower, Aegon Targaryen the second. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's all speculation, but at the very least, it's just nice to know that things are underway considering we heard about this series 10 months ago now at this point. It was like mid to late September 2019, I believe, is when they announced they were going to cancel uh, the Blood Moon last, or I'm sorry, the longest night series that uh, Naomi Watts was going to star in. And they said House of the Dragons straight to series order at HBO. So it's already been a while. You would think some of this stuff would be, you know, underway. But perhaps when they gave that series order to House of the Dragon, they didn't even have a single episode written. Um, so who knows? Um yeah, I mean the the next bit of news not the not the most pleasant. You know, Top Gun Maverick got moved back to next summer after already being I think this is now going to be a 2-year push for this movie. It was originally supposed to come out summer 2019. That got pushed to summer 2020, of course, with COVID. Got pushed to December of 2020 and now back to the summer in 2021. So, that's a long time. Mulan, I think, is off the schedule right now. They don't have a new date for that just yet, but that's certainly not coming out in August, um, or at least in the U.S., not in August. A Quiet Place 2 got moved from September back into April, uh, so that was where the first one debuted, actually, in 2018. Halloween Kills also got pushed back. That was a couple weeks ago they announced that. I love that teaser trailer they put out, though. That was exciting. So that's going to be Halloween 2021. That is a long time to wait, guys. Oh, gosh. Uh, and then, of course, Tenet. So that's gotten moved, I think, twice since I last did a podcast. Originally, it was moved from July 17th to July 31st. Then they pushed it back to August 12th. Uh, and then they removed it indefinitely last week. And now, I guess it's going to be re- released internationally August 26th. And then in the U.S. Labor Day weekend in the cities that allow it. So that is actually very interesting that they are going to officially release this movie. Even though most U.S. cities are not going to be able to open theaters. 
And and I think that that was the main reason why they kept pushing everything back was because New York and L.A., they couldn't, they couldn't open theaters yet. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't even know. I mean, I could be doing the podcast next week or in three weeks or whenever I get back to this. And it's coming out in 2021, summer of 2021. At this point, none of it's going to shock me. And I've kind of accepted that more than likely I'm not going to be, see, be able to see this movie for a long time. You know, it's just every other... I was looking at my most anticipated movies for 2020 list the other day, and, and almost every single movie besides Onward... Uh, uh, let's see, what else was on there? Onward, Tenet is still in 2020, and um, Black Widow currently still in 2020. And Free Guy is still in 2020, but that's... You know, more than likely those movies are going to get pushed too. And Soul, probably going to get pushed, the Pixar film, so... I don't know. I honestly don't know. Uh, Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans are starting a, a new Netflix movie. Uh, probably, I'm, I'm going to guess that's a 2022 movie. The Gray Man, apparently it's going to be the most expensive Netflix movie ever. And and this is courtesy as well of uh, the Snyder Cut podcast, which I was listening to, and he's definitely correct on this, by saying that this is, you know, you could say it's the most expensive Netflix movie ever, but it really isn't uh, if it's $200 million. Because they spend definitely 212, 215 million on the Irishman, according to most reports. Um, so if if they're going by the fact that this is the most expensive announced budget, officially announced budget, then sure. Um, but probably not technically the most expensive Netflix movie ever. But who really cares? I mean, the fact that we have Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling starring in a massive Netflix movie that's going to be like a crime, espionage, spy thriller. I'm so down for that. You know, Chris Evans, I think, has really stepped up his game just in the last year. I mean, he's, he's extraordinary in you know all the MCU films. I think one of his best performances is in Endgame, uh, along with with uh, Robert Downey Jr. And then he he has Knives Out last fall, which was a completely different role for him, but also completely fit his his, his strengths as an actor. Uh, and then he, he has defending Jacob just a couple of months ago, which, you know, fingers crossed, could get him an Emmy nom. I think those Emmy nominations are coming out tomorrow, actually. So we shall see. Um, as you can hear, various garbage trucks in the background are going off. Uh, and Ryan Gosling, of course, I love Gosling. He he has such an interesting taste in film too. You don't you don't see him taking on, you know, a, a film that doesn't have a great premise or doesn't have a unique side to it just look at drive just look at blue valentine just look at a place beyond the pines look at la la land um what else has he done recently has he been in anything over the last year or two besides first man let's pull up his imdb because i feel like it's been a while since i've seen him in something uh, but i could be i could be missing has he done a tv series by the way as well that would be interesting to see him tackle a miniseries um, let's see his last okay so he did do Blade Runner in 2017 then he did First Man uh, nothing in 2019 besides he voiced some Penguin in a TV movie uh, and then of course yes it was announced that he might be playing uh, Wolfman uh, that I don't know how fast that's going to go into production but The Gray Man seems like the most current project for him apparently Netflix is thinking franchise with that as well um, so yeah, it's been it's been two years since we've seen him in a film. Um, 
and yeah, I mean, he, he really is a picky, picky actor. Because I'm even looking like Song to Song is in 2017, but even that uh, is a film he probably shot three years before that because of how long Terrence Malick takes to complete films. So it should be interesting. Uh, moving on, Black Suit Superman clip from Jack, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League was released. Um, you know, it's kind of what you expect. Nothing special there. It's like 15 seconds. It's not even really an official HD clip or 4K clip. So, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, you did hear me in the beginning, I believe. Maybe you didn't catch it on the, the, the recording there. But I was playing the first song from the new Haim album. Haim album, actually. I always forget that it's Haim and not Haim. Uh, Women in Music Part 3. Uh, that was Los Angeles. I was playing as well as the album from Taylor Swift that was actually released last Friday, Folklore. Both albums are excellent. Of course, you know, I, I'm a little bit more biased towards Haim because that, that's more my, my style. But this Taylor Swift album is actually much closer to the, the Swift that I uh, personally like more, which is the more calm and, and, and less produced music, should I say. And that's kind of, that's probably even an unfair criticism because it's not like there's more production going into, you know, something off her reputation album than there is here. It's not like there's more work being done there than there was here. Uh, it's just, there's more, there's more going on. It's more chaotic. And, and I get it. That's probably the point. Um, but those, those albums weren't my favorite or really just the reputation album. I, I, I did enjoy the Lover album quite a bit. Last year, I just haven't really gone back to it as much, but I've already found myself listening to uh, Folklore quite a bit, including uh, some of my favorite songs. Actually, are the first one, which is called The One. Last Great American Dynasty is great. The one with Bonavar is great. Exile. Uh, I like Mirrorball. August, I think, is excellent. This Is Me Trying is, is pretty classic Taylor Swift. That's that's an, That that song and, and actually quite a few others feel a lot like the... I always, for, I always get Speak Now and Red confused, but but I will. I think it's more of the Speak Now sound, but I could be completely wrong there. Uh, and, of course, Invisible String has a very unique sound to it. Um, and, and, yeah, Betty is pretty solid as well. So I, I really love about half the songs and like the rest. I don't I don't hate any songs on here. I, I w There's not any that I would automatically skip, um, but certainly some I favor more than others. But let's move on to Women in Music Part 3 by Hayam because... That is my jam. That's my style. Much more alternative pop um, with experimental instruments here at times. A lot of saxophone in this album. Uh, of course, Los Angeles has it right off the bat, uh, which is a phenomenal song. The Steps has really grown on me over the last couple of months after not really enjoying it as much when they initially released that song. And and it almost like I, I associate that song with like the beginning of quarantine because it was, I think the Thursday before um, that Wednesday where the world started to shut down is when they released the, the song, I think, or maybe it was the Tuesday before. I Know Alone, of course, great song, has a great video, a great dance to it. Up From a Dream, that's a great song, I will say. I've been listening to this album a lot while running and, and fast walking, but mo it's like a half run, half walk around, around my little neighborhood here, and, and that's one of my favorite songs to run to. Um, Gasoline, probably the most smooth song on this album and maybe one of the, the best high-end songs yet. Uh, 3 a.m., 
I'm not. I'm still not fully on board with the song. It's just more weird. I I don't know. I I could do without it. But uh, moving on to "Don't Wanna," that's another song that's grown on me. I love that that music video of them just walking uh, around the uh, uh, the old Lakers arena back there in, in Los Angeles. Um, another tribe. That's a great. It just feels like a great beach song. Uh, the background music just feels like something you want to lay on the beach. You know, sip some margaritas or Coronas, whatever the case may be. Uh, just listen to that song. Leaning on You is very catchy. I love the the instrumental music to that as well. I've been down. Not one of my favorites, um, but you know, it's it kind of gets lost in there between Leaning on You and the final two, the final three songs before the bonus tracks. Man from the magazine, I think, was entirely written by Daniel Hyam and. Is the only I want to say it's the only song on the album that doesn't include background vocals from the other ladies, um, Alana and Esty. So, uh, Fubt, what an absolute awesome way to end the album. If you don't include the bonus tracks, that's a great song to end the album. That one and all that ever mattered, both are going to be amazing songs live. Whenever they're allowed to do concerts again, those two are going to be incredible. I cannot wait to hear those two live. And of course, the three bonus tracks that were released technically last fall and last summer. You have Now I'm In It, Hallelujah, and Summer Girl. I've talked enough about those probably already on the podcast. Um, But those are, you know, great in their own way. And what I really love about every single song in this album is that they all sound so differently. You, You cannot... You, the one complaint I will not agree with of this album is that any song sounds the same. The other high high M albums I love, but I mean there are plenty of songs on those two albums that that do sound the same, and I I completely can acknowledge that. That, but this this album, the way it's produced, written, and and, and sung by the the three high M sisters, is so different from from their other tracks uh, that. It's just not a complaint I can agree with. But I, I absolutely love that album. If you haven't listened to it, check it out. Let's move on to the final section part of the podcast here, which is what I've been watching. So that's movies, television, anything. We've already talked about the music I've been listening to. Let's start with the movies. I watched Sergio, and you know, again, we haven't done a podcast in a month, so these are movies I've watched in the last month. It's really not that many. I'd love to be watching more than 14 movies a month, but that's really all it's been, I think. 13, 14, whatever it is. Um, Sergio. So I watched Sergio, which is with Ana de Armas. Uh, Solid. Um, You know, not the best Netflix movie. It's kind of what you expect out of like a Netflix biography. I honestly didn't like the way the story was told. I was kind of hoping for a different angle. Uh, and I love Ana de Armas a lot, uh, but I just didn't think the angle they took as storytellers fit for me, at least. Um, I rewatched Pursuit of Happiness a couple weeks back. It was one of those nights where I was like, you know what? I'm kind of feeling Pursuit of Happiness right now. Uh, and... What, did I did I watch my copy? No, no, it was on Netflix. That's right. That's what it was. Uh, and I just popped in Netflix, put it on, and I just I couldn't get I can't get enough of that movie. You know that I went to that movie 
the weekend it was released. Actually, I think it was my first date I went on that movie with, and uh, it was. I loved it then. I love it now. Um, God, has Will Smith ever been better? Has he ever been better? I still haven't seen Ali, so I gotta see him play Muhammad Ali before I make that statement. But I don't know that he's ever been better. I mean, this is like peak, peak Will Smith. Um, so, so yeah, I loved Pursuit of Happiness again. I watched Eurovision, the Will Ferrell, Rachel McAdams movie. Um, and I gotta say, <laughs> I, you know, I wasn't expecting a lot. I know, I know what type of movie that is. I've seen plenty of Will Ferrell movies like that. And I wasn't expecting a ton, but I had a absolute blast with it. I couldn't get enough of the songs. Yeah, yeah, ding dong is 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 a summer jam, even though it's one of the stupidest songs you'll ever hear. Um, and of course, even the, the music towards the end with Rachel McAdams is really great, even though it's not her voice. Um, it's it's great. Check it out. Uh, I I actually kind of want to watch that movie again. I watched. Harakiri. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's also, uh, I believe, Seppuku. Seppuku. I I can't, dude. I don't know. It's this uh, samurai movie from 1962, I believe. Let Let's double check that while we're on here. Uh, yes, yes, 1962. It's starring uh, Tatsuya Nakadi, and it's honestly it it's basically about a samurai out for revenge. Um, out to, to find the truth in a pretty shitty situation that he's found himself in. That's really all you need to know. Um, but I'm going to spell it because I absolutely cannot pronounce Harakiri. I, I don't even know if that's the way you spell it. It's H-A-R-A-K-I-R-I. It's a great samurai film. It's a, it's a great adventure film. It's a great story film. Uh, and, of course, it's, samurai, it's a samurai film, so you can have some great action in there, too. So I would highly recommend that. It's one of uh, it's on IMDb's list of top 250 movies rated on by the fans. But you know maybe you haven't heard of it. I also rewatched. You know, I was on a Will Smith kick, so I rewatched uh, I Am Legend as well. I think it was like a week after Pursuit of Happiness. Uh, I found that to be just as great, especially you know with everything that's going on. It just it felt very timely, and even when the movie, you know, even the, when the movie's a downer. Uh, I like watching movies that correlate to the times we're in, as we're going to get to a little bit later on as well. Um, I did watch Hamilton, the, the Disney Plus produced, um, cut together version of the theatrical play. I believe they recorded it in 2016. I think it was 2016. Uh, and yeah, no, it, Hamilton's good. It, it's, it's very, very good. Uh, I just don't think that that style of play is really for me. Even when, you know, even when a play or a musical is fully music the entire time, like Les Mis, I can appreciate it. It's just typically not for me. I'm just not smart enough to catch up to all the story that they're they're feeding me, and that's probably my fault for not going into Hamilton with a little bit more knowledge about the entire situation. It's actually amazing how much we didn't learn in history classes about this time and how much was left out. Um, so, you know, that is what's great about Hamilton is that it is kind of a history lesson in its own, right, as well as being entertainment. Um, yeah, but I mean, I I haven't, it's, it's weird, I haven't even gone back to listening to any of the music, um, you know, over the last month or so or a couple weeks since it came out. Um, but, you know, I, 
I'm down to watch it again. I think I just need the subtitles on this time, or or just the caption. You know, I, I just need something. I, I don't. Again, I don't think I'm smart enough to keep up with it. Uh, so anyway, that was Hamilton. I watched seventy five hundred, uh, and that's the new Joseph Gordon Levitt movie. The guy has been out of Hollywood. He's done movies in like three years. So it's nice to see that he's got three. I think it's three different movies coming out this year. Uh, I think what is it? Project Power is the other one, and then it's the Trial of the Chicago Seven, which. Who knows if that's going to be end of this year or early next year with the Oscars. But 7500 is a great, great story about this pilot. It's non, or it, I'm sorry, it's fiction, uh, but it's a great story about a pilot trying to save the lives of his passengers after a terrorist attack kind of overtakes the, the plane. Uh, it's shot really well. You feel like you're right there in the cockpit with them. Um, it's heartbreaking at times. It's also very, very visceral. Uh, so I, I really appreciated that movie. That's one of the best this year. Um, not that that's saying much because there hasn't been that many movies this year. But I also rewatched Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I forgot how damn funny this movie was because I watched Life of Brian. I think this was like a year ago. And that was after, you know, I watched Monty Python and the Holy Grail years ago. And I was like, this is good. But I think I think I wasn't the right age to get the humor yet. Um, and I'm actually going to IMDb right now because I'm going to see what did, what did I give this on IMDb? Yeah, I gave it a six. And if I were to re-rate it now, which I'm about to, I give it a nine out of ten. This movie is absolutely hilarious, and comedy that still holds up to this day. And I'm I'm almost kind of mad at myself that I watched it too early, because um, I'm I'm stoked to watch the series now that's on Netflix. I hope it's still on Netflix, the old television Monty Python series. I got to get into that. Um, but I, I enjoyed my time on that rewatch. I watched Love Wedding Repeat, which I thought had a great premise and well-rounded characters. Like it felt like a, a very well-rounded movie for the first 40 minutes. And then it just kind of fell apart in the last hour or so. Uh, I did not think the ending paid off. I didn't think they, they did the main protagonist justice. You know, I could have done without a lot of plot choices they made, but oh well. I watched Palm Springs twice, actually, already, and probably another time sometime this summer because it is so damn good. Uh, Andy Samberg and Chris Milotti are absolutely glorious together in this movie. They have tremendous chemistry. The The story structure, I'm not even going to really go into detail here because I feel like if you're somehow listening to this and you haven't even heard of the movie and you haven't heard of the plot, I would go into it completely blind. I would not look up anything about this movie. I would get a Hulu account and just type in Palm Springs and watch it without even looking at the premise. Um, because that's the way I did it. I'd heard great things about it, didn't even look anything up about it, and I loved it. I thought the way they, they, they told the story, the way they used that specific story structure in a different way than we've ever seen before was very creative. Um, I liked how kind of shocking it was at times very surprising, but also very heartfelt. And it had the typical rom-com tropes that you want in a rom-com, not not the ones you don't want. And you'll know what I mean if you've seen the movie. I rewatched The Dark Knight Rises last week, of course, on the anniversary. That was a week ago today. Uh, the eight-year anniversary of that movie is really what kickstarted my love of film. Uh, or kind of just, not even kickstarted it, just jolted it into... Um, 
jilted it back into my life. I've always loved movies, but I feel like that was the that was the kind of the beginning of of this new phase. Um, and maybe even La La Land kind of moved into an entirely new phase after that. So, um, you know, plenty of movies have, have structured my love of film, but The Dark Knight Rises is certainly one of them. I had to rewatch that. I really forgot. Not, not forgot is the wrong word. I had to remind myself how damn good that movie is and how much, how much shit that movie gets. It's probably undeserved. I get there's some, there's some plot holes in the third act. There's some things that don't logistically add up. But hey, he'd made a trilogy thus far that was almost to the T, pinpointed in reality. Um, besides, you know, the bat pod that could just flip around on a dime. Like, that's, that's like the one thing that is, like, very not realistic. Everything else in the first couple of movies, specifically in The Dark Knight, is very, very realistic. Um, so, yeah. I loved that experience. I watched the half of it last weekend, um, which is another Netflix rom-com, as if there aren't enough already. I thought that was decent. Um, I think I kind of wanted more out of certain story beats, um, but that was it was definitely unique, and I appreciated that. I liked the certain angles they took with that, and that's again just like with Palm Springs, I can appreciate you know something that's unique and bold and different. Different is the key. We don't have enough variety today, so that is certainly a film that that has. A good amount of variety and, and it had different angles that I wasn't expecting as well uh, what TV am I watching I've kept up with Outlander uh, of course you know there's I think the last time what was I on like episode two or three maybe uh, the last time I did this podcast I'm on episode 10 or 11 now so again I'm a slow binger I don't I don't binge four episodes a night I like to watch an episode or two a week of a certain show and keep fluctuating you know my list of shows i don't like i i just don't like being stuck to one storyline uh with one show but that's just me maybe you know once i get further into to the show i might want to just stick to a show and watch five episodes of that a night or something like that am i going to go back to the eddie i have it on this list i don't know i don't know I've, i i i think i've only seen three episodes and i, I haven't been hooked yet I think there's eight and i'm like do i want to spend five more hours with these characters i don't know uh i've been watching or i did watch kingdom of the white wolf which is on disney plus which again there's not much on disney plus that i do watch like a lot of the disney stuff i've already seen so I'm, I, unless i'm going on there to rewatch stuff i'm not uh going on there so i did watch kingdom of the white wolf which i really really loved i thought that was a very fascinating disney plus i guess it wasn't disney plus it was nat geo a little documentary on, on this group of white wolves that they've never really been documented in their natural habitat. So I, I enjoyed that that angle of it all. Um, I'm also watching Hostile Planet on Disney Plus right now, which is solid so far. Speaking of those same type of documentaries, I watched Our Planet on Netflix, which I thought, you know, I, ha I have to go back still to Planet Earth, both one and two, to kind of, you know, see how I feel about those. But I think our planet might be the best out of those three. The stuff that they capture in this series is absolutely fascinating. And I watched the documentary film behind the scenes of the of the series Our Planet, and it's just it, it blows my mind how much effort they put into just getting a couple minutes or a couple seconds of footage 
uh, especially the, the stuff on the Siberian tiger. That is beyond me. Uh, I watched the, the the Defiant Ones on HBO, which I thought was another really great docuseries uh, telling the story of Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine. I'll Be Gone in the Dark. I just watched another episode of that at lunch today. That that has been great, and I can't wait for the finale on Sunday. I probably watch that live, maybe if I can. Um, so that's the that's another HBO crime docu series that I've been watching, and that is fascinating. Uh, another HBO show, The Sopranos. I'm also watching The Wire. Only a few episodes into both those shows because they also haven't hooked me yet. But I'm I'm sticking with it. I'm not gonna give up on those two shows. I gave up on The Wire in 2018. It just didn't hook me after five episodes. But I'm sticking with it this time, even if it takes me into 2021. But I, I do have a feeling that, you know, once once we get into the fall and, and, and the winter when shows are finally starting to film again, there's going to be such a gap of time between new content that I think I'll have plenty of time to watch those type of series because there's not going to be anything else new. It's just not. Um you know, I don't even know if I've watched an episode of Snowpiercer since the last time I did a podcast. I, the FX series hasn't hooked me yet, and I just don't know if I'm going to go back to it. I have it recording still. Do I care enough, though? I, I don't know. I just don't know. Um, I'm watching Perry Mason. I've, I've only seen two episodes of it so far. I think I'm three behind or four behind. Let's see. Because uh, I think they just had their sixth last night, I think. But let's double check i've liked it so far though i've I've certainly liked it so far uh it's a lot darker than i thought it would be to be honest um but i'm hoping that it gets even better yes they just had their sixth episode last night and it's gotten great reviews so hey uh, maybe i'll catch up before the finale maybe that's what i'll watch later i don't know we'll see um let's see and finally i've been watching brooklyn 99 i think i'm like nine episodes into that show uh it's very funny uh, I hear it gets even better in seasons to come. It's kind of like my comfort watch. Just watch it 20 episode, twenty minute episode, uh, you know, late at night before I go to sleep. Boom, done. You know, that sort of thing. So that's where I'm at now. That's the stuff I'm watching. That's the news. A little bit longer episode than we usually have, but uh, completely understandable considering it's been a full freaking month since I've done an episode. We are not going to let that happen again. I am determined, even though I've said every time I do a podcast, yeah, I'll be doing it every week to week, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I think this, I think, I think I'm actually going to consistently do it now. I think. Maybe even, you know, no, it's probably too much to say multiple times a week. But I, I want to I want to change with the format of this. I don't want to just keep doing the news. I don't want to just keep doing lists. I want to do something. I haven't figured it out, but I want to do something different. So we're going to see. We're 50 episodes in. It's been a year and a half or so since I started this. Only 50 episodes. We We should have been higher. But my lazy ass, you know. Just been sitting watching TV and movies. But what else are we going to do during this whole thing? I don't know. That's it. That's the episode. Have a Palm Springs-filled weekend.